Good morning and welcome to Green Tea Conversations, the radio show that delves into the pages of Natural Awakenings magazine to bring you the local experts who share their progressive ideas and the latest information and insights needed so you can lead your best life. I'm your host, Candy Brothel, publisher of the Twin Cities edition of Natural Awakenings magazine, and I am honored to bring these experts to you. So today in our studio, I am so excited to welcome our next guest, who is the best-selling author, spiritual teacher, and highly attuned empath, Matt Kahn. Matt is the author of Everything is Here to Help You, Whatever Arises, Love That, and his newest book, The Universe Always Has a Plan, The Ten Golden Rules of Letting Go. Matt is also a YouTube sensation with over 19 million channel viewers, with who he shares his healing messages in an approachable and often humorous way. Thanks so much for being with us today, Matt. I am so excited that you're here. Thanks so much for having me. It's truly an honor to be here. So as I prepared for this interview, it was really difficult for me to kind of pare down all the Mm. different things that I'd like to talk to you about today. We only have a certain amount of time. (laughs) Seriously, if I could talk to you about all the things that I'd like to talk to you about, we would have a series of shows. (laughs) There's just so much good things here. But let's start off with where I always like to start off, and that is kind of share with us how you got started on your journey. My goodness. It's so funny. I look back on my journey, and it it seems so long ago, and it also seems like it happened just yesterday. But, you know, my, my initial experience, I mean, I always talk about this out-of-body experience I had, but even before then, I think my journey began with, with an awareness there was a, an emotional heaviness that I felt around most people. And I didn't know at the time that I was picking up and feeling their emotions, their energy. And I was interpreting it as their perception or opinion of me. And so from a very early age, I walked around feeling everyone's um, conflicts, the problems they have with their family, the questions they have about themselves. And all that emotional density, I interpreted as someone doesn't like me. And so from a very early age, I became this like mini counselor or this, 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 this being who made it my job to cheer everyone up. And only when people were happy in front of me, did I think that they liked and appreciated me. And so I grew up in a very, what I call energetically codependent life and I found myself, like I said, just overwhelmed with other people's energy and not being able to cipher their energy from mine. And when I was eight, I had a life-changing awakening, an out-of-body experience, where I found myself in a garden that felt like heaven, and I met what I later realized was like a Christ-like figure, Jesus. And from this huge experience I had, I started to have the awareness of angels around me, And I started to just know things without knowing why I knew them. And the things that I would know would seem more definitive and true than anything I learned in school. And what was interesting, it was from that experience, it created kind of this interesting energetic bubble where even though I could still feel people's energy and emotions, 
I wasn't as much making their feelings about me, and I was just in a state of observation. And I began just watching things in life and watching myself and watching others. And when others act this way and I respond this way, why did I do that? And I, since that experience, I've just been in this really interesting life where I've been kind of living my life and watching my life and studying it simultaneously. In your books, you really help people to kind of delve into the things the the both the emotional and the spiritual and the even the physical parts of ourselves yes. um, that that we really need to heal and do you feel like you got that information during that experience and throughout your life I think that throughout my life from about age eight on I was developing the connection to the universe, a psychic channel to be able to bring through that, that information. I would say it wasn't until I was in my 20s that I began to really put all this information together or really start to kind of see and feel and understand what I, what I teach. And what's interesting is that I've only taught what's come through me bit by bit. And then here we are now looking back and I can see this compendium of work, but I've never actually known more than, that, than what is coming through me. I've just been kind of putting things together. Like when I came into this field as a teacher and an empathic healer, I was taught by the universe. I didn't read any books. I didn't know the way other people were trained. And I was talking very differently. And I was watching what other people were doing. And it was very different. And I, I kind of thought to myself, I'm like, I'm either bringing something really new to this planet or I am nuts. <laughs> and so that was my honest to God thought. And so I would just, you know, as I did healing sessions, as I worked with people, I would learn about everything that I share as I would do it. So I would be a healer who would do things. And as I'm doing a modality, I'm teaching myself the modality. Mm -hmm. Or I would say a teaching. And as I'm saying it, I'm learning it as I'm saying it to someone else. And so for me, it's been a very interesting journey of I've taught myself by serving others and my job was to just be open and let come through what I consciously have no knowledge of. You know, I think it's so important. And I, I want to kind of touch on this a little bit, just because it is so many of us, so many people believe that we can't do what we maybe we're put here to do. Yeah. Unless we know everything, unless we, right. you know, we've reached that pinnacle. And I, I love that you say you didn't know why you knew it or what you knew, right. sure, but it will, would all come through as you're doing it. So sometimes it's just taking that step. You know, it really has to be. I think, you know, in a general sense, certain careers you can prepare for. Like if you want to be a doctor, you go to med school. If you want to be, um, you know, a, a teacher, you go through different trainings. And, and there's certain levels of trainings people can go through. But, you know, when you're working as a healer, when you're working as a teacher, when you're working as a, a coach, a counselor and counselors do go through a certain levels of training, which I think is great. There's a certain level of precision. There's a certain level of execution. There's a certain level of ability you can develop to really help people, but you're not going to learn it scholastically and then go out into the world with this mindful of information. And some people do that, but really the way we learn is in the field. Right. And, and what I've, and I was talking to, I forgot where I was, I was talking to a bunch of coaches and healers. And they said, they asked, some asked me the question, what do you think is the greatest preparation for any kind of coach or healer? 
And they were expecting me to say, oh, get this training certificate or whatever. And I said, as long as you have a passion for helping people. And for me, that's always what I've had is I have a passion for helping people. I have been counseling people since I was seven or eight or whatever age it was. Like on the, on the playground when my friend was upset because he got in trouble with his teacher. I have a passion for helping people. And because my deepest passion is to help people, the universe will bring through me whatever that person needs for me to be helpful to them. And I think that's where the real power is, is it's our life's path or our life's purpose is not about finding what you're good at. It's becoming incredible at something because you're passionate about what you do and how it affects others. And throughout that journey, I mean, from starting at that young age, mm-hmm. you make mistakes. Yes. And that's okay. I made a ton of them. You're going to, yeah, we're going to make, we're going to make mistakes, but that's how we learn that. That's how we, we get to the next level. I've, I've made mistakes. When I say make mistakes, it's like, you know, I, I look, I would do a healing session and I'd look back and I'd go, oh, well, that didn't go as well as others had. Why was that? You know, and, and sometimes I'd have someone with a difficult uh, whose personality and mind created a difficulty in connection, let's just say. Um, and, and, you know, when I would have that, um, I would appreciate those sessions. And, you know, and then someone who our personalities kind of clashed, I would want to do more sessions with because I was, I was learning. I was, you know, this was challenging to me. And so there have been so many times where I've stepped off stage and I go, wow, you know, I set my intention. I envisioned it being amazing and it really wasn't anything close to any of that. And that's okay because really failure gets us over the fear of failure Mm -hmm. and failure helps us let go of our static plan of how we think life needs to be. And it really lets us enter life into this adventure where sometimes you're going to succeed in whatever way you define success. Sometimes you're going to fail epically. Mm-hmm. And we're always going to be better as a result of it. And so I think I'm really appreciative of all the times I failed because it really got me over being afraid of it. And once I was over being afraid of failure, then I started realizing all the other levels I was already succeeding at. And so I, I'm, I'm truly grateful for those failures. And I look back and I realize they're only really failures because of how I define success. And so it was very interesting. That is a very interesting concept that we want to get into a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But one of the things, and and we're going to have to go into a break here in just a minute. Sure. But uh, one of the things that it reminds me of, too, when you say that is that no matter, I'm sure no matter how bad you felt about, oh, I wish it would have went differently. You touched people in your audience in ways Mm. you don't even know. And that happens to us all the time, right? (laughs) It's so ironic. I mean, I've gone off, and I, you know, of the times where I felt like I quote unquote failed, I want to flee the country. And I'm so blessed to be able to touch people no matter what. I mean, what a blessing that is. Very good. Well, thank you. So for people who want to learn more about what Matt does, visit his website at mattkhan.org. And that's M-A-T-T-K-H-A-N.org. To read the online version of Natural Awakenings magazine, visit naturaltwincities.com. You can find a podcast of this show on am950radio.com, on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you get your podcasts. 
You're listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and we will be right back. Conversations, where we delve into the pages of Natural Awakenings magazine and talk to the professionals who share their expertise on natural health with you. I'm your host, Candy Brothel, and today we're talking with best-selling author, spiritual teacher, and highly attuned empath, Matt Kahn. Just before the break, you were starting to tell us about your journey and about what happened to get you to where you are today. One of the things that I always ask my guests, especially this year, <laughs> because 2020 has been such a powerful year, is what are you taking away from the experiences of 2020? My goodness, what a year it's been. And, you know, and I think if we really look at it, 2020 has been a year where for a lot of us, we've been on a spiritual path for many years before 2020. For a lot of people, 2020 is being a massive initiation into a spiritual journey Similarly to what 9-11 did for a lot of people, right? 9-11 was a very big awakening for a lot of people this year because it wasn't one day, this is a year. It's interesting how intense the world becomes when all the things you've gone through on your spiritual journey is now feeling like it's happening to everyone on the planet. And so I think, you know, 2020 has been a precedent that many spiritual beings have been preparing for. And I think that what I personally take away from 2020, I mean, I think of 2020 and I can joke about it because it's just funny to release the tension through humor. But in all sincerity, I'm very grateful for 2020. I'm very grateful for everything that happened. Um, I, before it was announced as a thing, I think I had coronavirus Mm -hmm. and it was the sickest I'd ever been in six years. I don't get sick that often. And it took me an entire month to heal. And, you know, in that time of great debilitation, which for me is scary because, you know, for me to be debilitated, that kind of, that, that takes everything for me. I, I, I have to be, I'm the guy, right? And so I couldn't work and I'm not used to not traveling. And so for me, 2020 gave me a great time to ground. It gave me a chance to really, um, even though I have a very inward connection with the universe, it gave me a chance to go inward into my human reality. And it gave me a chance to really stop my life. Because even though I'm, you know, teaching a lot of very loving spiritual things, my life had been this just progressive pace. And so it gave me a chance to kind of stop and really feel into what is important to me. What do I need to live the most holistic life of wellness and balance. And it really led me to making some very powerful decisions, including moving out of Seattle to central Oregon and slowing my entire life down. And I think that the opportunity for me and for many people is that 2020 gave me an opportunity to reclaim a deeper quality of life. And the only way in which we really reclaim the quality of life is for the pace of our life to be drastically interrupted. So many people are resisting a lot of what is happening. They want mm. to go back. They want to go back to how things were before or once pan- once the pandemic is over, then I'll be happy. So humans, we always want to <laughs> resist any kind of change. And I just have to say, I love a quote that you have on your website 
Um, so your website, matcon.org. I love a quote that you have in one of your blogs called The Truth About Resistance, in which you discuss how when there is a change happening and we are uncomfortable, we want to hurry up and learn the perceived lesson in it all so we can quit feeling this discomfort, we can move past it. And the quote is, we're merely turning a tendency of blame onto ourselves whenever discomfort is interpreted as a punishment instead of an indication of the fierce reward of experiences gained. Mm. So, so true. Yeah. So what, what, you know, there's so much uh, reward, I think that's, and I, I don't know if I love the word reward, but I, understand I know. It. but it's that what are some of the fierce experiences, the fierce reward experiences that we have coming out of 2020? Well, I think, I think one of them, I mean, you know, I know, I know a lot of people, you know, would love, oh, oh we're going to get back to life as we knew it. It's kind of like saying, you know, like a friend calling you and you say, Hey, what are you doing today? And you go, Oh, I'm going to go on a little walk. Where are you going? I'm going to go, I'm going to go back to my childhood. Oh, you can't do that. Right. It's kind of the same thing. You can't go back to childhood as much as I'd love to go back to the arcade when I was 10. That'd be great. <laughs> but you can't go back to your childhood. Um, but, but life as we know it will never be the same again. And I think that's actually a reward that who we were is done and who we are becoming is new. It's fresh. It's of a higher vibration. And as soon as we let go of our comfort being associated to the past and start finding the joy and exhilaration of what can and will be, I think we start finding more and more rewards. Life is only as fierce as it needs to be to get our attention off of what we think should be and to open up to this is what it's becoming. So I, I kind of think the fact that life will never be the same again, and everyone is worried about what that really means. I think it's an, we are literally living through the most exciting corridor into Earth's ascension. I just think a lot of people thought it was going to look differently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like the light, and, and you know, we, we have all these big spiritual experiences the light dawns, realization occurs, all these things. And all those things are real and true. But the way life evolves is not with like a pretty little bow tied on top of it. Life does whatever it needs to do to get us where we need to be. So I think that if we're able to say, life will never be the same again, and that's the best case scenario. And who I was is complete. And who I'm becoming will be far greater than everything I've ever known. I just have to be open, receptive, and allow. And that, that, that's a process called surrender. But that's what the world is going through right now. And so there are a lot of us who have already surrendered. There are a lot of us that are surrendering at a deeper level. And there are a lot of other people who will take a lot longer to surrender. And yet the deeper we let go, the easier we make it for other people to find that peace, serenity, and solitude. And we really, I mean, if you look at your own spiritual journey, it's never an easy journey, right? We learn the most in those difficult times. We learn, we we develop the most in those difficult times. And 2020 has really given us that opportunity. Absolutely. As difficult as it is, it's also, um, it's also kind of exciting to see the opportunity that is there. Well, <clears throat> when we come back, we're going to head into a... a 
break here in just a minute, but I am really wanting to talk to you about your Facebook page. You have mm. one of the best Facebook pages out there. Wow. I can't wait to introduce people to it and why I feel so strongly about your Facebook um, community that you have. Uh, but for people who want to learn more about what Matt does, visit mattcon.org. That's M-A-T-T-K-A-H-N.org. When we come back, we're going to talk with to talk with Matt about his Facebook page and also his latest book called The Universe Always Has a Plan and dig into some of the golden rules of letting go, which we were just talking about. So to read the online version of Natural Awakenings magazine, visit naturaltwincities.com. You can find a podcast of this show on am950radio.com, on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Green Tea Conversations, where we meet the professionals straight from the pages of Natural Awakenings magazine who share their expertise on natural health with you. I'm your host, Candy Brothel, and today we're talking with Matt Kahn, a best-selling author, spiritual teacher, and highly attuned empath. So just before the break, we were starting to talk about, and I kind of tease people, about your Facebook group. And I really, I cannot tell you enough how much I appreciate your Facebook group Mm. and how you have developed it. And when I say that, I want people to understand there's many times I follow a lot of different people and there's many times where somebody will put up a post and then people make comments and uh, sometimes the author will come in and respond to the comments, but you respond in a way that I call it's very kind. Mm -hmm. You are very true to your teachings you are very true and authentic in what you are sharing with people and when they come in and sometimes there might be some confusion about the lesson that you're you're sharing with them you have a very nice way of calling it out uh, a very kind way of calling it out you're very firm in that and I so appreciate that so how did you I mean this must have been a very um cognizant idea that you had with your, with your group. Yeah. When I started to be more interactive on the Facebook, what I, what my intention was, was that I wanted to respond to questions as a demonstration of the consciousness I teach in action. Like how do you apply it? Mm -hmm. Even though it's who I am naturally. So I thought, I think that'd be a good thing to demonstrate. And and I, and I follow a couple of rules um, on social media one of which is I don't respond to anything. Well, first of all, for people that don't know my Facebook page, I like every comment that people make. Mm-hmm. And there are hundreds and hundreds of comments. And so I take a break throughout the day and I like a few and I come back. And and people know that when I like a comment, it's not because I agree with what they're saying or disagree. Every time I like a comment, I'm sending healing energy to someone. So I use it as a chance to, through social media, continue my work as an empathic healer for the world. And I only respond to comments if there's a question asked. And I find that to be a very healthy way to communicate because I'm not here to correct people. Sometimes you have to 
let people sit in their experience before something deeper awakens. Sometimes my teachings are to plant a seed and it takes time for it to blossom. But if someone has a question, I always want to figure out a way of like, how do I respond kindly and lovingly without watering down the truth? And what I, what I can say to you, which I've actually never said before, because I came into this industry as no one in the beginning, no one wanted to take a chance on me, you know, no big name author wanted to associate with me unless my list was a certain size and all. And I came into this field, honestly, and I immediately got completely heartbroken because I didn't realize it was so much business. I thought it was more about connection. And as I became very popular, it took for me being extremely popular for me to wake up out of the need to be popular. And to be perfectly honest, my entire life, I always wanted to be liked by people. Um, I have a very big sensitivity to not being liked by people. If someone's upset with me when I was a kid, it ruined my day. It ruined my existence. And, and I was in prison until they let me off the hook, which is very codependent, but that's how I was raised. And so it took being very popular for me to actually realize that popularity for me is a responsibility. And it's a responsibility for me to take these teachings as deep as I can take them. If people are going to give me their time and attention and come to my events and say, we're going to listen to you, I have, an, I have a responsibility. And so I found myself really healing a lot of wounds from childhood where I, instead of needing to be popular and then maintain that popularity or then, oh, I can't, I can't answer this question this way because it might rattle my popularity. It really gave me a chance to wake up out of it. And really what started to happen is it became just an opportunity for me to teach even deeper through gut-wrenching authenticity. Because for me, authenticity and truth is not a hard place to go. And when I go into the places a lot of people are afraid to go, I find a lot of comfort. Some people feel a lot of fear and trepidation. So I feel like I'm helping to dispel the fear of authenticity by demonstrating it. And, it's, and I, I love that I've turned Facebook into another way to offer. It is, it is just so good. I mean, I, I highly recommend to people that they start following you and Thank you. lessons from you. I, I do want to share with you, I had an experience with your, with your Facebook page um, that is actually very telling. So one morning I woke up early and I have a friend on Facebook who we have very different political views and she had made a post yeah. and I, it, it, you know, triggered something in me. And so I got my self-righteous self up and I started typing out a very long response to her post. And I used data and facts and rebutted. And I was so proud of that post. And I really, really put her in her place, right? I was, I was like, oh, this is so good. And then I hit send. And the next <laughs> post that comes up is yours. And it talked about being kind yeah. And about how we don't want to add to other people's suffering, right. or add to their pain in that, you know, what we might see is as being wrong is pain coming out for them, but it's also pain coming out for us. Yes. And so I was responding from my own pain and my need to be right and my need to really change her mind and my need to do all these things. And I literally laughed out loud and I said out loud, thank you, Matt, for this 
<laughs> this message. Thank you, God, for sending me this message. And Amazing. I went in and deleted my post. So thank mm. you because I, it was before anybody could see it, I got to take it off real quick. <laughs> it's, you know, it's one of those things where I think that because the planet has been such, you know, an imbalanced, overly emasculated, unconscious collective energy, we think that people will feel better when they know better. People will do better when they know better. And then what, ha- what, we, what I've learned is that there, there has to be a very actually clever way of communicating with people because in the subconscious mind, if someone says you're right subconsciously in their mind, they think they're wrong by comparison or by contrast. And so even though you say, they go, oh, you're right. right? You can even hear in my voice when I act that out, there's a resignation to it. There's a, there's a sense of defeat. And so what's interesting is that the person walks away with less of the insight you gave them and more of the disempowerment. And I find that when we really kind of understand that the world we live in is, is, is a large population of people who have learned to communicate in the complete absence or avoidance of understanding the traumas that linger in all of us and that we're all healing. And that when we see something that needs correcting or, con- or condemning or condemnation or that's not right, I'm going to put them in their place. We don't realize that their actions are coming from a place of pain. And there's a lot of people in this world who think if I'm going to empathize with the pain of someone who does something I don't agree with, I'm a sympathizer, I'm an accessory to the crime. And it's almost as if we have to oppose things that we're against to prove that we're not a part of it. And I think that on a bigger level, it's the shock and awe that no matter what lifetime you think you're in, we've all played all parts. Mm-hmm. We will play all parts. And I think that that's a lot for people to take in because whether we talk about the imbalances of law of attraction, the way it's taught, whether we talk about a lack of being trauma informed, everyone wants to stay on one side to avoid another. And we are living on a planet where those two sides are coming together. And of course, before it comes together in harmony, there's clashing, there's collision. But I think it's important to realize it's not a matter of what people need to know. It's about the companionship they need to feel loved and seen that allows something more beautiful to shine to the surface. And when we offer love and companionship to people that are, you know, who have done things that we don't agree with, the transformation that this they, they can go through and the goodness that can come out of them and how that can affect our society. It just takes a group of very brave souls to do and go where most people don't want to go. And that's what being a light worker is truly all about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it is, it is a really powerful page. And, Thank you. Um, it, and like I said, I love how you respond to people. I always tell my son when he was young, you don't have to like everyone. You don't have to be everyone's friends, but you always have to be kind. That's right. You don't know what kind of pain somebody else is in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and yet I still get to learn that myself at 52 years old. So, <laughs> so thank you for being there. You're welcome. You know, it's really, and really quickly, it's funny. My mom and dad taught me at a very early age. And the way they taught me is they said, Matthew, no matter how many, anyone acts, you, you have to be polite. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, no matter how anyone, what anyone does facing the wrath of my mom, 
<laughs> would be far worse than anything anyone could do. But she, they told me, you know, you, you always have to be nice. You always have to be polite. Yes. And I actually took that to heart and I took it literally. And I literally was, would always be polite, whether I walked away with egg on my face or I walked away angry or upset. And then I just let that kind of inner frustration be like a fire that burnt away my defenses. And I really took it to heart. And I have found throughout my life that just being completely polite to any human being and not needing them to be any which way other than how they are has been one of the greatest joys of my life. Well, and maybe you have an experience in the book in one of your books, and I don't remember which one it is for sure. I've read them. Um, but you had an experience where you said you had somebody uh, come up to you, somebody you hadn't seen, and they, they said, oh, you've gained, looks like you've gained 10 pounds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then how you responded to them. Yeah, just honestly, I said, you know what, I have gained 10 pounds. And the fact that you brought that to my attention lets me know that you're really um, really interested in my health and well-being. Thank you. I, I chose to interpret it as a gift versus a an assault. And and it was just one of those things where I thought, what if I respond this way? Mm-hmm. And, and and the space it created, the field that opened up, and I went, oh, because I don't know. I I've always disliked confrontation even though the majority of the energy I lived in as a child was this battlefield of spontaneous confrontation. I don't know. I I just found, I just found a curiosity of what if I responded this way? Like, what would they say if I said that? Like, what if they said that to me and I took it as a compliment and it just was a curiosity. And then when that happened, I, I, it just happened. And, and, and what it brought out of that connection between the person and I, was so powerful. And I thought, Oh, wow. And it just, to me, life is like a big, you know, big experiment, a social experiment. And I always think of like, what if I did this differently? And I think for all of us, if we dare to do things differently, we are able to see what we've never seen before. And that's the greatest part of this whole journey. Yeah. It was really good. So for people who want to learn more, visit mattcon.org. And again, that's M-A-T-T-K-A-H-N.org. You can also follow him on Facebook at Matt Kahn. To read the online version of Natural Awakenings magazine, visit naturaltwincities.com. You're listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And we will be right back. Green Tea Conversation, where we delve into the pages of Natural Awakenings Magazine to talk to the professionals who share their expertise on natural health with you. I'm your host, Candy Brockle, and today we're talking with best-selling author, spiritual teacher, and highly intuned empath, Matt Kahn. So Matt, we have been talking about some of the lessons that you're bringing, um, bringing to us, bringing to your audience, and you actually have a course coming up. It's called a telegathering, which I'm interested in learning more about. But the course is called Holding Space for a New Humanity. So tell us a little bit about this. This is going to uh, start on January 26th, so there's still time for people to, to register. And um, it's an eight-week telegathering course that's offered on Tuesday evenings at 6 p.m. here Central Standard Time. 
So um, tell us a little bit about this, what people can expect in being part of this. So this program is the 12th iteration of what I've called Angel Academy. And I created Angel Academy many years ago because I wanted to create a, a series of online courses where, you know, these are uh, telegatherings, so it's through um, audio, where I wanted to create a series of courses where I would teach people all the things I've learned from the universe and my experiences with Ascended Masters and Archangels. And when I was very young, I've had memories of being in heaven and being in a school and saying, this is what I thought I was going to learn down there. And then I woke up, went down there. And, and then I, so I thought, I want to create the kind of school for people on earth to learn what I've learned from the universe and to help us really go through the kind of group healing experiences. Um, because with the transmission of healing energy that comes through my voice, as people can hear on this interview, the energy that I channel makes the healing that we all go through accelerated. So if I can, if I can work with someone in a session, which I don't do anymore, or on an online course for eight weeks, and if I can help someone heal, in eight weeks, what would take them normally nine months to heal? You know, my, my interest and my desire is just to help people through the depths of pain and through despair and get to the other side, you know, as efficiently and lovingly and as aligned as possible. So I created this thing called Angel Academy. Each one had a different theme. This is the 12th one. And so, of course, with the state of the world, I called it Holding Space for a New Humanity. And it really is an eight-week course where the focus is not actually on humanity, the focus is actually on you becoming your highest version of self capable of not only navigating the uncertainty of our world, but holding a profound light for the awakening of humanity. And I just started to really channel and outline what I'm going to be offering. I mean, the first call, the last call, I always do like a grand finale healing activation, but the first call is going to be a, like a, one of the most massive clearings I've ever done because I want to help people clear the energy of the last year. There's so many people that have been shut down, that are overwhelmed, that are confused. And I want the first call to be a clearing. And then the second call, I'm doing a new process I created, which is really helping people heal codependency and clear the energy of other people out of their field. And it's just going to be a really incredible eight-week journey where if we're really ready to step into a new reality and we really are ready to see what this mystery of life is really all about and to really embody it as a lived experience, I'm just honored to offer this course for all who are really ready to become the change they wish to see. That is so exciting. So I, I am joining that teleclass or telegathering. Yeah. And I'm going to invite everyone to, uh, like I said, the cost is $111, which I love, angel number 111. <laughs> um, but the cost is $111. It is for eight weeks uh, every week on Tuesday evenings at six o'clock. And for people who want to join with me, um, I'd be happy to set up a, a Facebook group for people here in the Twin Cities as well. Uh, that we can start to connect and, and also bring some of these lessons that we're learning every week, um, being able to kind of connect with one another. So if people are interested in that, just reach out to me at Natural Awakenings. Uh, you can find my contact information on our website. So you also have a really fantastic YouTube channel. You have over 19 million views that mm. have gone on your Facebook channel, <laughs> and you have over 200 videos that you have up that people can just go in and listen to. And the messages that you have on there are just phenomenal. So congratulations. I mean, it is a really impressive Facebook page. 
I'm sorry, YouTube page. Thank you. I you know, really appreciate it. And I, I always want to make sure that I have free offerings. And, and I can't tell you how many times you've gotten emails from our office of people that have said your videos have saved my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the power of YouTube for me and, and what that's done for my career has been so humbling. I Quick story. I was at brunch with my friends a couple of years ago. I went into a gallery and bought a piece of art that for some reason I had to buy for whatever reason, this burled out piece of wood. That's kind of like a bowl. Beautiful. Week later, I get a a letter from the artist saying, I I heard that you bought my art piece. And I'm thinking, oh, that's interesting. And she said, by the way, last year I was on the brink of suicide and your YouTube video saved my life. Oh, wow. And And, you know, of course the power of interconnection, synchronicity, but, but it was so humbling. And, and I get these emails all the time where people say, you've saved my life in my darkest hour. And, and to know that I have a platform where I can put things out there and touch people so incredibly is really the desire I've had on the deepest level. I remember when I first started channeling and I thought, I just want a way to get this out to the world. And now I do. You know, 19 million views later, I'm truly humbled and relieved that that which channels through me all day has an outlet to reach the world. And, and I'm just so thankful and grateful and truly thankful to my global audience that I have the honor to serve. And it's truly, truly an honor to serve every human being. And you can tell that in the work that you do. You, you can tell that in everything that you do from your website to your YouTube channel, mm-hmm. to your Facebook page, um, to your books everything is really a gift that you're, you're giving. You are in service to mm. which is beautiful. So thank you for that. Um, and I do want to go back and just kind of mention about the telegathering too, mm. for people who are feeling kind of lost, feeling disconnected. This is a really great opportunity to have some spiritual, an opportunity to, to do some spiritual learning, but also get connected with people in a, in a different way. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the energy I channel is so powerful. Angel Academy always tends to be such a powerful series and, you know, really to to connect energetically with people of like mind to have the experience of spiritual connection versus ideas about it. and, And to really have the kind of space and capacity to really gift yourself with the kind of healing that 2020 gave us all the time and space to focus on, you know, 2020 gave us the time and the space. And now we have the opportunity to really ascend and expand as, as, as incredibly as possible, not only because our world and our planet needs it, because there's no other alternative anymore, but to awaken. When we first, you know, when many of us got into this field, it was an option. Now waking up is just a reality. Thank you so much. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for your time and your experience. We so appreciate it. For people who want to learn more about what Matt does, visit mattcon.org. Thank you for joining us today as we awaken to natural health. To read the online edition of Natural Awakenings magazine or to check out our complete online calendar of events, visit naturaltwincities.com. You've been listening to Green Tea Conversations on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, and I am wishing for you a lovely day.